the damn country. And they're up. Four wheels spinning, cowboys are grinning. Welcome to episode 17 of After the Ninth. This is part two of our 2022 season recap, and we're going to start off right where we left off in part one. So we're going to start off with day five of the Calgary Stampede, and heading into day five, we talked to the man who ultimately would mark his name in Rangeland Derby history. And we're here with Chris Molly. How are you doing today, Chris? Good. How are you? Pretty good. So the first few days of the Calgary Stampede have come and gone. How has it been to be back? Good. It's glad we're back here racing finally after two years and everybody seems excited and the atmosphere is back to where it was so it's good to be good to be here. This is your first time being at the Calgary Stampede as a WPCA driver. How does that feel? Good. It's uh, we run been running all season with the WPCA and it's a great organization over there and uh, yeah I really like it and then being at Calgary here with the guys it's really good. We talked to Caden earlier in the week about what it means to him to, you know, start out riding at the Calgary Stampede. Uh, what's it been like having him run behind you here? Oh, good. It's from, remember when the first time we came here, him and Blake were ripping around just little kids, and now, yeah, it's pretty special. He's out there holding leaders, and Blake and out there taking out riding horses for us, so it's uh, time flies. Full circle type thing. Yeah, exactly. So we have all your beautiful bays behind us, and you are one of the barns that has an obsession with bays, we've realized. Um, what horses are you really leaning on going into you know, Calgary and the rest of the season? Well, I got uh, brought three full teams here, so I'm going to lean on them all. And uh, yeah, I got my barrel one, two team, and then the three, four team, but I'll take that three, four team. They're going to have to go off the one, two as well a couple nights just to rest the barrel one team so we're gonna lean on them all I guess. What is kind of your uh, hope going through the next few days? I know every guy probably has the same hope yeah. but do you have any other goals besides you know the big one? Uh, we just got set back a little bit the first night so we the horses are running hard so if we can stay clean that's our biggest thing and that's what we're focusing on so but a lot can happen it's only four days in so hopefully uh, you know we have to have a little luck on our side too not a little a lot of luck and well, we'll go from there. That same day, we talked to Dewberry Chuckwig and Chick's Wild Pony Racing Team, Harley Benz Miller, Sienna Benz Miller, and Maddie Joe Irvine. These three competed throughout the season at different stops on the wagon trail. And if I had to pick one of my like top 10 favorite interviews, this would probably be it because these three girls were pretty excited heading into the interview. And then it somehow went off the rails from there. But they did an amazing job. So here is our interview with the Dewberry Chuckwagon Chicks. Hi, my name's Harley Benzmiller. Hi, my name's Tiana Benzmiller. Hi, my name's Maddie Jo Irvine. All right, guys, so you just competed in the Wild Pony Race. So what do you guys do in the Wild Pony Race? Uh, I ride the pony. I mug the pony. I anchor the pony. Okay, so what is your job? Because riding is pretty simple to figure out. So Sienna, what do you do? I grab the pony's head. And what's anchoring, Maddie? I hold the pony so it doesn't go anywhere. How long have you guys been doing this? Uh, we've been doing it for a few years now, but Maddie, I think, has been starting with us this year. So whereabouts have you guys done this so far? We've done it in Pinoca and Calgary. Are you doing it at any other shows? Uh, maybe Rocky and maybe Strathmore. 
So what has been your favorite show to do at so far? I think Pinocchio because we've had our fastest time there. Do you know what the time was? Uh, 2.7. Okay, that's very quick. Well, uh, good luck in the next shows and thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. No problem. Now, there were a few drivers who ended up not running in 2021, and Troy Dorchester was one of those drivers. Teeing up ninth six of the Calgary Stampede, we got to talk to Troy about coming back, the lessons that he's learned, and at one point in time, I made a joke saying that it was an Edmonton Oilers rebuild. However, after the last few Flames games, I may need to switch up the Alberta team for that joke. And we're here with Troy Dorchester. How are you doing today, Troy? Oh, good. It's a nice day. It's uh, blue sky and sunny, so it's good. Perfect day for Calgary. Yeah, it's uh, be nice if we could get nine more out of it. Uh, none of us like getting muddy out there, but uh, sometimes it happens. It looks like tonight's a good night. We saw a little bit of that in Pinocchio those few nights. Uh, you guys had a little bit of a mud bath on the way around the track. Yeah, it was a, it was a long week there. It was, uh, we, we uh, I think we got rain just about every day at least and uh, track was heavy and uh, the horses needed their three or four days off after there to coming into here so they feel recharged now and hopefully we have a good week. So you took 2020 off as everybody that did and then 2021 off and now coming back into 2022 you came back right when Calgary is coming back so you really didn't miss Calgary like we did last yeah. year. How were the two years off? Uh, not good. I mean, we, uh, it was uh, just a tough time for everybody. I mean, we just decided, uh, at the time I decided we were just going to go to work, uh, we just said uh, Strathmore really was the only show that had committed that they were going to go, and Pinocchio and Calgary had both took off, and uh, I know where the two most money makers are for me, and uh, we, we still had bills and we knew it was going to be an expensive year uh, feed-wise because of the drought we were kind of all in and just went to work, missed it. I went to High River one night and Pinocchio one night in the fall and uh, missed it and we had, were down to, I think we had six uh, old horses uh, that are, were packing with us and, and I bought two broke ones uh, from Rocky Bremner and uh, they fit in fine. Uh, they're teaching my new ones how to do stuff and they're uh, I got a decent outfit it's just uh, two outfits but they're just young eh? they it's never the same trip every night they're a little different one night they start and one night they don't so uh, I'm competitive and you want to be on top but it takes time it's a rebuild and I mean rebuild uh, it's like starting over again but uh, hopefully so Edmonton Oilers rebuild yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, no, it's uh, it's just been, you know, we try to be competitive, you want to keep your sponsors happy and stuff, and uh, I kind of told them all, you know, this is going to be a whole new look, so hopefully they keep getting, they're, they're picking away, they're getting a little better every time, and as long as I do what I'm supposed to, be consistent and clean, and hopefully you can filter your way to the top. Uh, coming in uh, this year, we have a very young group of outriders. Um, as we've lost Casey Knight and some of the older, yeah. uh, more seasoned outriders, uh, what was it like picking your outriders for this season? Uh, well, it was too bad. I had Quinn Langevin started with me and uh, worked for me for a couple of years, and he was really turning the corner and started to get and riding, uh, doing good, and. 
then he decided to, he, last year I said, you might as well go ride in the CPCA and try and get some more rides. And he did, and he got more rides, and he's doing good, but then he liked it there, so he went back there. So we started over. Uh, we got lucky Tyson Whitehead. Uh, he come from the CPCA over here, and he's been in the game for a few years. And we've had him, uh, we've had him in... Uh, uh, every show for holding leaders and that's the important part if you can get one guy and get used to him and he's doing a good job and Tyson's been great and I've had Trey McGillivray and uh, Rory uh, Gervais and uh, Brett Nolan who've been riding for me throughout the other three shows and so yeah I still don't know all the young guys names I mean I give them a hard time but I don't know I couldn't tell you who's who from who I think the Cameron I got or is it Cameron Nolan or Nolan Cameron Nolan Cameron <laughs> I got him figured out now because I've seen him a few more times but uh, they all seem like good uh, hard-working kids and they all look like they got some talent so what's it like to be back at Calgary what the atmosphere it's said to be like none other for you does it feel like coming home yeah, uh, it's, uh, you've watched your family win it, and uncles and best friends, yeah. I remember shoveling shit for Ed Alstott here, frick, uh, probably, and Jerry Bremner, I started with him when I was 12 around here, we were in the old barns, and, uh, I think it was 86, 87, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to be back, for sure. Well, good luck the rest of the week, and thank you for doing this. Thanks. So just for those who were asking after hearing that interview if Brett Nolan started outriding again, no, it is Brendan who is outriding. And Brett was putting up with me and my amazing jokes up in the judging area. So... Hopefully that answers that question. Anyways, on day seven, I got the opportunity to talk to two of the most veteran drivers in their respective associations. We got the opportunity to chat with Roger Moore from the WPCA and Todd Baptiste from the CPCA. And we're here with Roger Moore. How are you doing today, Roger? Good, good, good. Nice day. Uh, it is. It's actually like really warm. So I hope it either cools down just a little bit for races or stays this way. Yeah. So. After three years, how does it feel to be back? Oh, it's always good to come back to Calgary. You know, this is where you want to be. A little bit different with three wagons, but get used to it. You're probably one of the most veteran drivers out there right now. What changes with three wagons? Well, it's just lots of things change. Like the biggest thing right now is like for last night there, my my left leader was shying away from them posts or whatever you want to call those the new rail that yeah, they have that new barrier system and uh, the barrels are set different a little bit not bad but uh, yeah I don't know it's when you come here, you want to race against four wagons. You go, you just come out of Pinocchio racing against four wagons. Most shows is four wagons. It's, it's, to me, I, I like four. <laughs> What's the horsepower you have right now going into Calgary? I've got 15 head over here. There's a couple that I sent over to Lloyd Minister. Uh, Ray Crotto is using them. And, uh, yeah, 
I need more horses, just go get them. Um, are there any horses specifically that you're going to be leaning on here in Calgary? All that lead team, that outfit that I drove last night, and uh, a couple new, a couple new wheelers that I started this year. A couple big chestnuts. They're nice, nice horses. They'll go tomorrow night, along with another gray leader. So, yeah. The outriding pen is a little bit younger when it comes to our actual outriders. Is how how do you find that is when it comes to you know these big shows? Is that maybe a detriment or is that a good thing? Well, I'm not I'm not one to knock anybody. Like uh, these young guys here, they got to they got to they got to learn everything about it. Like learn how to ride under pressure. You know, for those guys here, I imagine Calgary is a little bit intimidating for them. I mean. Once they get over that, a couple day or two here, there's some good riders coming up, some real good riders. Yeah. I got one of them riding for me right now, Lane McGillery's boy. He's doing awesome this year. And uh, what I mean is, they come from a cowboy family, you know. So it kind of comes natural to kids like that. Last question, how did you get the number 007? Well, my mom never had much of an imagination when she named me, so she just called me Roger Moore, so that's about it. And we're here with Todd Baptiste. How are you doing today, Todd? Good. So, being back at Calgary for the first time in three years, how's it uh, feeling? Uh, it feels great to be back. I mean, it's been a long two years for us, uh, including everybody here, but, uh, you know, with no income with uh, racing, it's pretty tough to keep horses fed, but... Uh, we managed to pull through and you know it's we just look for uh, bigger better days ahead of us speaking of your horses are there any right now that you're leaning on or that you're like really confident in to help you get down the next eight days yeah it's uh, really going to be a challenge for uh, our barn especially you know with the management and in terms of the amount of days the horses are allowed to run here at calgary which is fine i mean a lot of us tend to bring two or three teams to Calgary and uh, you know we, we do have a couple pretty solid teams as we've been running for you know this spring or whatever but uh, our, our main hook is going to be running again tonight. They ran the first night and um, you know they'll, they'll probably go every second night so they'll have that one day off in between so we're, we're hoping that's our gamble for this week and hopefully at the end of the week we're somewhere close to the end of the finals. Right now you're in an all CPCA heat. Is that a kind of secret weapon for you of sorts because you know how those guys are running so far this year? Not necessarily. I mean, uh, I'd like to be able to run with the, the top end guys here at Calgary. Uh, the reason for that is, you know, if you're in a faster heat, the horses seem to work a little better and they run a little harder. And, uh, and and if you're in behind a fast heat too with drivers that are being a bit more quicker than the other ones here this week, uh, you know your times are going to be good too. So um, consistency is going to be a big part of this week for everybody. Calgary holds a special place for your family with your uncle Edgar having won it. Um, how does that feel to you to know that you're here, a place that he's succeeded at and that you're striving for that same championship? Well, it's always tough. I mean, uh, you know, filling the, the, the shoes of your mentors, your family, 
Um, being part of the Stampede as a kid and actually being part of the Stampede as a driver is a whole different role for us. And it's exciting and I mean, uh, you know, to be able to be part of it and to be here invited as uh, as, as the top of the drivers uh, in, in the circuits. And, um, you know, it, it's tough going. I mean, it's an endurance. Uh, it's a lot of mental game, physical game for both horse and drivers. So, you know, it's going to be tough to, to be able to, you know, top the the likes of uh, the champions because, I mean, they did all their homework and we're, we're hoping we're doing all our good stuff too. So uh, a little lady luck might come in part there. So, you know, we're hoping for that too. But, uh, you know, we just got to take it one day at a time. And, I mean, uh, you know, the competition's pretty stiff and everyone's here to win. So, you know, we just got to do our part too. Uh, one last question. You have a very snazzy new box with a sponsor and then your sponsors here in Calgary. Uh, how have they helped you, you know, get down the road and get to this place? I couldn't say, uh, you know, enough about our sponsorship. Uh, you know, Sorrel Field's been with me for seven, eight years, I guess, maybe ten. You know, uh, you lose count after a while, but he's a big supporter, uh, Harry Martin. Uh, Bendito's uh, tequila was with us in uh, 19 with Manteo Group of Companies. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, without these guys, uh, and I speak for everybody, I mean, it's a very important um, support system for us, uh, you know, with the cost of our feed and the cost of fuel, uh, everything of the inflation is going up, so it's, you know, it's, it's harder for us to operate. Without the sponsorship, uh, you know, it, it'd be pretty tough to go down the road and to be competitive, uh, you know, you, you have to have a big support uh, circle behind you and, and, and it shows a lot of the top end guys, you know, with the support behind them, with the sponsorship, uh, it really shows on the track and it really shows with the horses that they're able to come to the races with. Absolutely. Well, good luck for the rest of the week and thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely, thank you. Day 9 was a catch up with Chance Benz Miller and during the season you hear us talk a lot about, or even you know during these interviews, we talk about a lot about the importance of running clean. What does it mean to run clean? How important is it to run clean? What does running clean mean for the average? What does running clean mean for the championship? Blah, 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 blah. Running clean is, you know, a theme that we talk about very, very consistently. Well, in this interview with Chance, we talked about it again because ultimately penalties were the story that would cost guys from being in that top 10 in the Calgary Stampede this year. And we're here with Chance Benzmiller. How are you doing today, Chance? Good. So it has been, well, I guess today is day nine, so it's been a long week. Um, penalties have kind of been a story for everybody here. Uh, how does that play out kind of in your world? Yeah, I mean, I took two barrels, uh, same outfit. I just wasn't, uh, I was underturning them, I guess you could say. So I hit both my bottom barrels and I mean, it, it is what it is. I can't change it now, but I mean, they've been running tough all week and I don't think I've been out of the top uh, 10 every time I was clean. I was uh, a couple second day monies, a fourth, a seventh. It's been all good, good runs. So, I mean, I'm happy with how the horses are working and hopefully they're peaking right now and they'll be strong for the rest of the season. Like you said, you haven't been out of the top 10 when you've run clean. You've had seven top Top 10 runs which are amazing um, this has to be probably one of the best Calgary Stampedes you've had um, how does that feel and what has gone into that 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's definitely nice. Um, the the biggest thing, even in 2019, I ended up in the top eight. Uh, so I ran penalty free all there, but all my runs were just a little bit slower and consistent. Where this uh, this year, you know, it's it's been a lot faster, and the horses are working good. Got some new stuff going in, trying out a few things, and uh, they seem to be working really well. So I mean, it'll carry over to the next couple of weekends. The barn back here, you guys have a really unique um, family dynamic with Kurt and Buddy, and now Cruz, and just. Everyone working together as a team, even though you're competitors against each other, um, how does that kind of work? Oh, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we're all still family, and I mean, I want to see my brother do well. I want to see any competitor do well, but my brother foremost. And I mean, even the nights we ran against each other, I, I outrun him two nights, and he outrun me one. And it, as long as we were both clean, that was my main goal. And, and yes, absolutely, I wanted to be number one, and I know he wants to be number one too. But at the end of the day, you know, we can help each other out. If he needs a horse here or there, and I need a horse here or there, it really helps being able to have enough barn depth between two guys, not only just one. That if somebody needs something to go in, we have the horsepower. Outriding, as a previous champion outrider, how do you look at that when it comes to, you know, picking your outriders and picking the horses to outride? Well, the biggest thing, like for me, I break all my own outriding horses. So, I mean, for me, I, I think I have some of the nicest outriding horses on the grounds and uh, it, it makes it a lot easier to pick guys. But I mean, I've been pretty fortunate. Uh, young kids kind of started out last year, that Nolan Cameron, and he's been with me through thick and thin. He had a couple of penalty issues and we worked through him. And now this year he's been flawless. So, I mean, stuff like that definitely helps. And I mean, I've had uh, everybody from Trey McGilvery, Rory uh, Gervais, um, I've had Brendan Nolan all hold my lead team. So, I mean, I wish I could have a little more consistency on the lead end, but Nolan, like I said, has rode for me stove. He's my second call and he's been doing a hell of a job all year. My last question for you. So, uh, you, you seem to be doing really well, but you also have a new baby at home. And uh, are the sleepless nights maybe helping you out a little bit? Well, actually, ironically enough, the baby is the best sleeper in the whole house. My, uh, my four-year-old once in a while wakes up with night terrors, and my two-year-old decides that he wants to sneak in the bed every night. So the, the baby's been unreal. You know, Swayze, even though uh, we come here, she, uh, the fireworks go off, she can sleep right through it. And I, I don't like to pick sides, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to say my daughter's my favorite now. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're now buddy? Uh, yeah, basically, yep. <laughs> <laughs> to wrap up the 10 days, I got a chat with a man that was on my interview bucket list all season. And considering my co-host Dayton Sutherland is related to him, you would think this interview would have been easier to get. Again, you would think. But nonetheless, on day 10, I got to catch up with Kirk Sutherland. And fun fact, just a few hours after we did this interview, Kirk was awarded the Calgary Stampede's Guy Wiedek Award. However, this conversation with Kirk brought out a couple of interesting topics that makes a person stop and think. And we're here with Kirk Sutherland. How are you doing today, Kirk? Good. It's a beautiful day and it's the last day of the Stampede. <laughs> You are one of the most veteran drivers out there and one of the toughest drivers out there. What do you think is making you so tough this year? Well, I don't, uh, you know, we got some new horses we're trying to get in, but uh, the old horses are performing like they were in 19, so it's, it's quite a bit easier. This year, at the beginning of the year, Les talked about it being your last year, but I read the article you did with the Herald, and um, I've heard rumblings that you don't want to hang it up. You don't want to leave. You want to keep going. Uh, why is that? Well, there's, you know, there's a number of reasons. I, I uh, still enjoy doing it. 
have the drive to win and uh, you know I'm not ready to quit yet and I you know whether it's right or wrong I don't feel that the the, the age should have you know it shouldn't be the total factor of a driver quitting especially if he's physically fit and competitive and safe driver then uh, there should be some other reasons why you can't compete. Do you think that um, having a doctor basically be the one who ultimately decides would be the best way to move forward? Well I you know I'm not I'm not knocking on the doctors but unless they're you know unless they're actually uh, uh, a doctor that checks everything out over my 40 years uh, Lots of medicals, you just give the doctor a hundred dollars and he signs the papers and you cough and fart and he's happy and away you go. They're too busy talking about stories of the chuck wagons versus a medical, so. You know, I started driving a heli, flying a helicopter and uh, you know, they don't fool around there with their medicals, so I'm not uh, too worried about the medical. The physical fitness part of it, well, you can, you know, you can ask anybody or watch yourself or uh, moving better than some of the younger ones. So that's, uh, that's the only thing I have trouble with is uh, quitting because you're 65. It's, uh, the world has changed a lot in the last 10 or 15 years. So I don't think the, uh, you know, the, the new 65 is maybe the old 45. My vision of it anyway. I mean, you don't look a day over 40, so I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, <well>. <laughs> <laughs> don't know about that, but anyway, uh, I don't feel too bad anyway, so. You have, I'm sure, plenty of stories from the Wagon Trail and from Calgary especially, um, but what are some of the highlights of your career? Well, it's funny, you know, it changes as you get older. You have new highlights every <clears throat> couple of years, but you know, growing, you know, growing up in the sport, you always looked at some of the idols that you wanted to be hooked with, and then, then you wanted to outrun them and stuff like that. So I think it probably started back with, you know, Ralph Vegan and my brother, and then you were kind of in the behind the scenes back, you know, when you start, and then when you get better as you get going, well, then there's. You know, of course, uh, of course, the Calgary Stampede's uh, one of the top highlights. But winning the world uh, chuck wagon thing—that was a—that was a big uh, accomplishment because you worked, uh, you know, 25 years to do it. So it's, uh, you know, that's probably some of the biggest accomplishments. Uh, Winning Grand Prairie this spring was a good one too. I, you know, I made the final there a couple of times and didn't win it. And, and I didn't win the dash, but I won the average, and that felt good too because I'm getting a little long in the tooth, so it might not happen again. You're one of a handful of drivers who took a good chunk of time off and then came back. Um, why was that? Do you mind me asking? Well, there's a number of reasons. Uh, our dad passed away then, which 
you know, I could use that for an excuse. Uh, I won't. I had some businesses in Grand Prairie that needed attention. And uh, I have Mitchell as a son and I have three daughters. And my daughters were at the age where they needed more attention after the after supper. So there was a number of reasons we quit. And uh, it's, I would think that's probably the majority of it. The, this is quite a sport, horses, you know, not, not necessarily the, the chuck wagons, but the horses. And if the racing of them, you know, you miss it for a year. And if you're not around it, well, then you don't miss it. But if you're around it and keep hanging on, well, you miss it. You miss the people, you miss, uh, you know, your sons, the grandkids, uh, people that you got to know over the last 20 years. So you and uh, Mitch were uh, quite outnumbered in your household. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the new house had lots of bathrooms, just put it that way. <laughs> The girls were looking at the horses all the time and then one day they woke up and started looking at themselves. <laughs> so they, uh, they needed more attention from dad so that's, that was some of it but uh, it was good. It was a good, uh, good thing I quit. It helped the businesses and it, it's helped support the chuck wagons since then. Speaking of the horses, what are some horses either from this year or in the past that have really stood out to you and, you know, you've leaned on them or you're leaning on them? Well, there was quite a few. There was, you know, you got to remember there was a lot of good drivers quit, you know, and they sold out and we were fortunate enough to buy some, some key horses and put them together with other ones we had. And they've come on and... Uh, and they've gelled into good outfits. It, it takes four horses, but it takes one horse to to build your team around. You know, it's just like the, the barn manager, or whatever. You got to have the key guy, and then and then you build around it. So the you know the horses from Jerry Bremner, the Rick Fraser, and you know they're still going, and they help uh, help win Calgary and help win the world and stuff like that. So. That's some of the some of the ones we're still running. Uh, back when I had the, the very good outfit, well, they uh, we just built that from scratch. But uh, took a while to build them, and they lasted quite a while too. But they aged out, and there's still a couple of them alive at home. They're playing in the pasture, I guess. Uh, last question: um, Having you know. I guess this is now three generations of Sutherlands on the track. Uh, yourself, Mitch, and Mark, and then Dayton. Um, kind of, how is that like seeing the evolution of the sport within the family? Well, it's uh, you know I've never really thought of it too much. There's I don't know how many Cosgraves there was. I never figured it out or the classes and that, but it's. It's it's what the sport needs, you know. And now the Ben Smellers, they stepped in and going to keep it going. And hopefully the Sutherlands, if they stay interested in it and keep going, it, the sport needs them. And 
we'll see how it goes. Your grandson Weston seems to have quite an interest in out riding at least. Yes, it's, uh, you know, believe it or not, outside of maybe uh, the young Benz Miller there, the, most of them out ride for a year or two and they're following the wagons and and after they get that accomplished well then they want to drive a wagon and uh, don't know what trail he's going to take the trouble is nowadays the kids are so big that they uh, they can't out ride for very long well good luck tonight and thank you so much for doing this all right thank you to wrap up the Calgary Stampede, Blaine McGillivray would win the Richard Cosgrave Safety Award after driving clean for nine straight nights, and by golly, Chris Molly would walk away with the Calgary Stampede Championship. Now, during that time I was in Calgary, I mostly covered the Calgary Stampede, kind of like how hockey broadcasters in Calgary mostly report on the Flames, or the ones at Edmonton mostly report on the Oilers, and then we'll look at other teams around the league. Well, that's kind of what happened during this year's Calgary Stampede. However, at the same time, the North American Chuckwagon Championship was going on, and the man who would walk away with that championship also just happened to be in High River when Calgary wrapped. So before the Battle of the Foothills kicked off, I caught up with Dustin Gorst. And we're here with Dustin Gorst. How are you doing today, Dustin? Good, thank you. Uh, you are coming off of a win at the North American Truck Wagon Championship. Uh, let's kind of go through the week first. How did the beginning of the week go and what was kind of the success that got you to that championship Saturday? Well, actually, a little bit of luck. Every barrel draw went my way uh, throughout the week. The first barrel draw went my way, the second one went my way and set up the outfits so I could give uh, some horses a break uh, get ready for the dash and, and uh, yeah I got lucky enough to draw the one barrel and uh, the dash and had Logan and Jamie on the outside where we wanted them and uh, just was able to get it done. Going into that heat and you know coming out of the barrels coming down the home stretch did you know you were going to win or was there still that little bit of, okay, Wade's right there, there's still a push here? No, I honestly, when I when we picked the one barrel, I, I had in my head I was going to win. And I think uh, I was fortunate enough to be in three other dashes. This is the fourth time for me and it's the first time I thought in my head, I'm, I'm, you have a chance to win this thing. And uh, made a nice turn, got ahead of everybody down the back stretch, got to give everybody a little bit of a breather like the horses. And I had uh, total control of the race. And, just lucky enough to get the head bob out of my gravers and uh, win the race. That's exciting and it was a good race to watch. Yeah, like four tenths between the four of us, nine tenths between the, the three of us at the final, so you know, couldn't, uh, couldn't ask for a better finish. Um, being in that race with your brother, having your parents there, kind of like the family atmosphere, uh, what was that like? Honestly, I have been asked that a few times now and it's, uh, I'll reflect on it later. Uh, during that day, during that time, I was just concentrating on winning that jump race. And, uh, you know, that's a big one for us, you know, that's $85,000 race. And, uh, you want to make those big ones count and, and make sure you win one or two. Uh, you had your two, you know, number one fans there and seemed to be pretty excited up on yeah, that stage. Earlier this year, Clinch said, how come we never get to stand on the stage? And I said, well, it's not as easy as you think, but happy we got it done for him and the boys. And uh, it was a good week. Uh, lots of, I played junior there, so. I knew everybody in the crowd and I knew everybody that around the barn, so it felt like home and uh, I really enjoyed ourselves. I think his uh, thumbs up is my favorite part oh of my the God. photo. He's happy, yeah. He's happy. Well, now that's over. We're back and, you know, the meat and potatoes of the season. It's back to the world standings. 
Uh, what are you going to focus on kind of going forward here? Same as same as every day, um, race by race, heat by heat. You can only win your heat. You can't control the other nine heats out there. So just focus on who you're racing against and the horses I have hooked. And, uh, Pretty good, pretty good heat this week. Uh, all three guys are very competitive, and it's going to be a fast, fast heat, and uh, and just enjoy it. Uh, one last question: You have a very good relationship with your sponsor. Uh, Century Downs is a huge supporter of the wagons, of you, uh, your family. What does it mean to you know work with that sponsor, especially when they are a part of you know helping push forward the future of the sport? Well, that's not even work. They're such good people, the whole group at Century Downs, and I have a really good working relationship with Paul and, and everybody there. I know it's, it doesn't feel like work, it's just a, a partnership, and they believe in me, and they love Chuck Wagons. They're excited to have us back here in August, and uh, it's something like it's good things out there, and hopefully, everybody can join us down there and uh, support them as well. High River would kick off a young driver's career as Gage Flad took a step out of the outriding pen and spent the beginning of the WPCA season getting ready to step into the wagon box. We talked with the young Flad to learn about the process of dreaming on the sidelines to getting into the race. And we're here with Gage Flad. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, you are a name that people would recognize from the outriding pen. However, yeah. this year we have taken you off that roster. And after you know half a season, you are now a driver. How did your first heat feel last night? I was a little nervous sitting at the track, and then we were going, and then horses didn't really want to go in, and then the nerves went right like away. I was just trying to get them onto the track. It was a little bit of a struggle when we got on. It was pretty good. How did you feel? I mean, you ended up winning your first race, uh, going around the track, being you know in that heat, knowing that there was a possibility you could come out on top, how was that feeling? It was pretty good actually, but the the outriding I think really helped me. There wasn't too many nerves, it felt pretty natural out there. So I think that was probably my biggest advantage for my first race, which is pretty, pretty good. You always wanted to be a driver. Outriding was kind of just a step to get there. Trying to get there, so yeah. what was that process like? Well, in the spring I thought I was going to be outriding and then I tried a couple times at Grand Prairie and it was just too big to get on so that extra 40 pounds that I got on from the other outriders it makes pretty big of a difference and then dad said well I guess you can come in the wagon and start driving and then Chad approached me so things just fell into place I didn't think I'd be driving this soon but it feels pretty good. What's the process to get to being a driver you can't just like hop in a wagon and be like hey I'm a driver now there's actually a process you got to go through. Yeah starting the biggest thing is at home and driving on the track and then when you get to a show and you get pretty confident, uh, you, if you're able to use someone else's horses to get sanctioned, it's like a driver's license. So you gotta do uh, two rounds, two races with another driver, once on the inside and once on the outside. And you gotta have uh, some directors watching and make sure you're, like, you're safe. And if they think you're safe, then you're ready for a race. So it's kind of, Safety is the key there. Yeah, you ought to be safe. If you're not safe, there could be a lot of problems out there, especially with a new driver, but it was, I was pretty confident. I find it pretty easy driving, so. So having come from the outriding pen, did you know who you wanted to ask to be your outriders? Yeah, I kind of went with dad's guys too, and uh, Hayden was holding my leaders. I've been friends with him for quite a while, so. And then also Rory Armstrong, he's been holding my brothers and my dad's store doing stove, so. I kind of picked him because he's a pretty good friend too, so 
and he's been doing really well too, so I knew I was safe with those two guys. People who don't know your brother is Blade Flood. Yeah. Uh, did you get any advice from him before your first race? Oh, a little bit. He was helping me hook here, so that was pretty nice. And then another friend, Braden, he's been helping me and staying with us all winter. So having those two guys in the back corner of me, it was like a really big help. Most guys have kind of their goal for the rest of the season, whether it's to get past the permit stage, become a member, or you know, get up into that top 10. Uh, what's yours? Is it just to stay clean, or are you trying to aim for getting past Right that now, permit? it's more just experience. Plus, I want to get more horses lined up for next year to see what I have. I don't really have much to gain except for experience and getting horses ready for next year. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to buy some new ones. So I'm going to get some of these horses that aren't really charging in there too much. I'm going to send them in the outriding pen. So hopefully me and dad will have pretty good outriding horses next year. And then we'll stick some uh, new horses with some old ones. Hopefully next year it will be pretty good. Uh, driving against a friend like Tough Drager, kind of, uh, how did that feel? That was pretty good. I liked coming across the line in front of him. I, I don't think he liked that too much, but hopefully that'll happen more often. Well, thank you for doing this interview, and uh, I look forward to seeing you in the future. Hopefully we can recognize you better that aren't Maple Leafs. Yeah, uh, we might change the design. We've got some sponsors coming together, so perfect. a little bit easier for Les to announce it on the track. High River would see four days of wagon action that would accumulate to Ray Crowder Jr. winning his first show back on the World Professional Chuck Wagon Association. So I think for the third time this season, maybe second, one of the two, we got to catch up with the returning driver along with a special appearance from his youngest daughter. And we're here with Ray Crowder Jr. How are you doing today, Ray? Good, yep. Uh, you just won the Battle of the Foothills. It is your first, I guess, win since coming back. Uh, you're a few shows in now. How, uh, how did it feel and kind of what went into it? Oh. Well, besides your <laughs> team member right here. Uh, it was good, yeah. Like, we've been in a few situations where we just couldn't close and get the win, Pinoca and a couple others, right? So you're you're real close. Um, just kind of got the monkey off her back, and now we got two outfits that are seem to be just getting stronger and stronger. And uh, my short barrel outfit was kind of just a mismatch, a bunch of horses that we threw together, and uh, there seemed to be outrunning the good outfit, which we thought would be the good outfit, I guess. But uh, so yeah, it's kind of exciting. It's uh, Nice to see, and a couple new horses that have slid in the lineup and performing really well. You told me the first night uh, you got day money, you had a new horse on the lead, and uh, mm -hmm. that was the first run that he had. Yep. So uh, tell me about him. What was... uh, we call him War. His, his name's uh, Midnight Warrior. He come out of Minnesota from Robertino Diodora. Uh, he was a horse that come in a package of two. I'd bought, uh, I'd like the other horse better. Um, on paper, the other horse won more money. This horse won about thirty thousand bucks, and you know he—he's kind of a like slighter belt horse with uh, two white eyes. So he's—he's he's kind of spooky looking. But you know, from the first time we hooked him and drove him, um, actually Lane Bremner broke him last fall and did a really good job. So a lot of the credit goes to him. But uh, um, he was like consistent. He drove the same right from day one till right now, and. I was, you know, getting him ready and showing him everything all spring and then, you know, we were competing trying to get to Pinoca so I didn't want to put a new horse in and I was being cautious and then got to Pinoca and we were in the mix so I didn't put him in there and then finally got him into a race in Lloyd. Then he ran a fifth day money there and then 
uh, the next two races were both uh, day money, so you know he's got a pretty high batting average so far. Well, that's pretty exciting. Mm. Uh, you have a really good sponsor here too, Highwood Distillers or and White Owl Whiskey. I guess it's yep. the same. Yeah. Uh, tell me about about that relationship because you posted on social media that's been 20 years in the making. Yeah. So my first year on the tour, they uh, sponsored me, and um, and that's basically 20 years ago. So. Uh, and then it kind of a neat story that come about was the the new ownership that took over here just recently. Um, the gentleman's dad had sponsored me my first year of Calgary Stampede, you know, 20 some years ago. So that was Vico Engineering. And anyways, it just shows how small the world is and and uh, the generations that are involved in the sport. Yeah. So uh, what's your favorite kind of alcohol then, whiskey? Uh, yeah, I'm a whiskey guy. Uh, it, uh, doesn't make me grow feathers or do anything crazy, but we enjoyed a sa sample it and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we got a tour of the distillery again, and uh, it was nice to see the you know they produce hundred and some odd products, and uh, um, they buy grain locally, uh, they employ locally, so it's, you know it's a good home range business here. We're off to Strathmore next, and then it's, I guess, four more shows until the Worlds, and currently you're sitting first. Uh, what's just your plan going forward? Uh, gun. I gotta go gun. At uh, Strathmore's been always been a favorite of mine. I've always done really well there. Uh, the short barrel outfit will go the first two nights, and then we'll go back to the one barrel outfit, and then I'll probably run the short barrel outfit off a of two again. Um, they haven't went off two yet, but they're... They're running the hardest and turning the hardest, so I want to try to get what I can out of them leading into this break, and then you know we'll take some time and hopefully just get all the points we can. And it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, so there's guys nipping at our heels here from fifth or sixth up, right? So uh, yeah, like I said, just clean and consistent and win. Got to win every night. Last question, last time we talked, uh, your two oldest starters weren't here, they were still kind of in school and doing that, but now your eldest is here and she's helping out, uh, yeah, what's it's, that like? Uh, she's a hand, so it's taken quite a bit off my back, so yeah, she come for Lloyd Minster and then High River and she's going to come to Strathmore and I think she has some plans to kind of carry on for the rest of the season, so we're, we're getting her on the payroll here and she's getting up and giving her every morning, but yeah, she's... She's very good with horses. She's been, you know, trick riding and barrel racing since she could, you know, basically knee high to a grasshopper. So when she gets in the barn, it's all the little things that she sees that, you know, uh, you know, like a scratch on a horse or a cut or a horse didn't eat quite as much or, you know, there's a twist in the harness or anyway, she's very, just very sharp. And it's been kind of relieving actually having somebody like that in the barn helping us out. Strathmore was one of the hottest weekends of the summer, it would feel like with some of us possibly trying to beat the heat by having this brilliant idea of buying a $20 inflatable kids pool at Canadian Tire and we would, you know, hang out in that during our downtime. And that person may or may not be pretty proud of that idea. Anyways, back on the wagon side of things, Strathmore is one of the few shows that is still an aggregate championship. And at the end of the day, it would be Kurt Benzmiller who would come out on top his first win of the 2022 season. And we're here with Kurt Benzmiller. How are you doing today, Kurt? Doing good, thank you. So you uh, got the monkey off your back this year. You uh, were able to get a win. Uh, you wrote a post saying that it's been a year of ups and downs so far. What has it taken to get to this point? 
Uh, well, I don't know. We just kept at her, kept looking after the horses properly, and believed in them. And they all, uh, they all finally kind of turned that corner. And everybody's been working hard, you know, back here at the barns all, all year. And when you get the good crew, it makes life a lot easier. So when things are going up and down, and you're just having trouble keeping horses happy and healthy, it makes it a little more difficult, a little more interesting, I guess. But uh, like I said, we had a good crew, and everybody just kind of keeps plugging away, and finally paid off. What horses did you really lean on this past week? Uh, well, I rotated the two outfits, and both of them, I guess the worst we were was eighth yesterday, so we got a couple seconds and a first. We're just trying to build something up for Century Downs. It's a lot further, so we hooked a little more run on both them outfits, and they, all eight of them were pretty impressive. We've talked before about how, you know, the one team that has always kind of been there for you has included Lucifer on it and Wick and guys like that. Um, are those still the guys that you lean on and look to? Yeah, Lucifer got the day money here the, the second night and then uh, he ran last night. Um, Wick, I actually took him off the wheel after Calgary and used him in High River and here on the right lead. That's where he started out when I first got him, I don't know, like eight years ago or whatever year it was. Um, and then he kind of backed off, so we took him off and just with us needing a little more run up there, we put him back up and it seemed to work. Looking forward, we have Dawson Creek, Rocky Mountain, and then Century Downs. And Century is gonna be a big one, as is Dawson and Rocky. Uh, kind of what's, I guess, your plan or aim looking forward? Well, coming out of Calgary, that was our plan is to set up for Century. It's our highest paying show that's coming up. So we wanna make sure that we're ready to run by then. And that's why I kind of mentioned how I kind of changed some of the outfits up a little bit to put a little more run on them. Um, Calgary, we couldn't do that because we were just floating around that second. So we were competing with Lane all the way through there. So we couldn't play with horses too much, you know, so that made it a little more difficult. But uh, yeah, our, our goal is to get ready for Century and, and hopefully this is a, kind of the turning point of our season and that we can continue on with some success. Uh, again, talk about your sponsor. You always have a good support from Versatile and, you know, the other sponsors who have come in and uh, Cruz is now also seeing that sponsorship being there and supporting him through this. Uh, how is important is it? Oh, it's it's a major part of our sport. Um, we wouldn't be able to do what we do if we didn't have sponsors and when you have great ones like I have with Kent, Vers Kent Storman with Versatile Energy and then AIC's helped out and Impulse and like there's a there's a, a whole list of them that help us out and if it wasn't for those guys we definitely wouldn't be able to look after the horses the way we do and and wouldn't be able to do this you know exciting sport that we love so much. Uh, how important uh, were the outriders in your success this week? Oh very important. Uh, I got really two really good outriders it's Rory Jarvis and Hayden Montewillow. Um, them guys are with me just about every day, all year, every year. So to have them two guys, you know, I never look back for them. They can mess up just like anybody, but uh, I, I got full trust in them guys and it makes my job a lot easier when I just got to worry about myself. Sounds good. Uh, last question. You uh, seem to have caved and added a new family member. Um, how did Hank the Tank come to be? <laughs> Well, Hazy kept saying that for her birthday she wanted a motorbike, uh, a puppy, or a phone. And our old dog, Mort, he's getting up there in age, and the coyotes are starting to come in the yard and stuff. So we knew we were going to have to do something here eventually. And Hazy's birthday isn't until we're in Rocky um, on the 18th, but we, we found these puppies online and got a you know, drove out west of Pritis and picked him up and she was supposed to go actually to Inver Invermere and hang out with the, the sister-in-law there. And she goes every year with them and just loves it and she was just jacked to go and then as soon as the puppy came then she cancelled her trip and <laughs> made Harley go instead. So <laughs> she's, uh, she's ecstatic to have him. He seems like a good pup so far so it's just nice to have one around. He's a very cute little fluffball. Yeah, he's going to end up being really big here I imagine. But. Well, he made it into the picture first weekend. Maybe he's your good luck charm. Yeah, absolutely. He's made sure that he can't come with us out for the win picture. So it was good. Nice to see him out there. 
Well, enjoy your next uh, week off and have a good trip up to Dawson and uh, good luck the rest of the season. Thanks, I appreciate it. Now, just to add to that Hank the Tank conversation, I got to see him when I went out to Dewberry back in October, and that sweet little fluff ball still is extremely sweet, but he's not even remotely close to being little anymore. Just saying. So from Strathmore, there was a week break before everyone made their way up to Dawson Creek for the 100th anniversary of the Dawson Creek exhibition. To start the week off, I caught up with the lady in charge, Connie Patterson, as she talks about having the full meal deal back in Dawson. So we're here with Connie Patterson. I like the last name Patterson, it, it works. So it is the 100th anniversary of the Dawson Creek exhibition and stampede. What has gone into preparation for this week? Well, pretty much everything that we do every year, but we've added a few extra things. So one of the big things that we've added is the uh, Elite Indian Relay Race. And if you haven't ever seen that, you want to make sure you come. And uh, so they tell me that I believe they have where we have four heats of four. So that's 16 teams. It takes about 10 people to make that team work because they paint all their horses up. And then they and they also paint themselves up and uh, wear their. I I think the last one I saw I didn't see a shirt on, <laughs> and then but I saw that the, they had the pants that were made out of deer skin and then they wore their moccasins and it's just really something to watch. They ride three horses and they go round the track once, jump off, get on the next one, next one, and you ought to see them when they jump off that horse and get on the next one. They fly from the back end. A lot of them do right up to the top. But, and we also have their children. Their children are riding Shetland ponies in our rodeo infield. We shut the gates and they, uh, they're doing the same thing. So I think we have uh, three teams of four of the kids. So, the, so that, and we're having that. And then, uh, of course, we've added extra money to everything. We've added extra money to all the rodeo events. Instead of we normally do 8,000, it's all, it's 10,000 now. We've added extra money to, um, to the chuck wagons and, and uh, so that's huge for us, and it's a, and a lot of sponsors. I said I sell the sponsorships, and and our sponsors are well over five hundred thousand dollars. Our sponsor, and it costs us so close to about a million to put this on. So, and we still have some big ones coming in yet. So that's really exciting. Yes, it is. It is. It really is. And and we started today. Today was, of course, yesterday was the concert, and today, today was the little, the little, the younger kids, the rodeo, and they, we did them for I think three hours for Wednesday and Thursday, and right now we're doing ranch rodeo, and where we're at, this is one of our suites, and we have eleven of these suites. This suite is very, very nice, isn't it? And they're great, and they, and they, you feel that nice breeze coming through. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Wagons is a very big part of the Dawson Creek exhibition and last year we were able to come back after a year off and being able to have the wagons here for this, what does that mean? Huge for our people and um, and uh, they, you know we're, this is wagon country, there's no doubt about it and uh, we, we, we know that, we know that. Five days of wagon racing and, and uh, it's where you want to be when, the, when that night rolls around but then we also have a beer garden where we do a dance every night. We dance in the beer garden and uh, cost you ten bucks to get in, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And uh, and then and then uh, we've got lots of food booths here. And we we I don't know if you know that we lost our food booths because of the age of them. So they were a lot of them were 60 years old, 70. So we had to get we had to tear them down. 
so now we have food trucks, but but it's it's been good. The, the people are fantastic. We got a great array of food. So if you like to come down for fair food, this is where to come. And the Midway, the Midway is uh, back with us again. They're happy to be here. We're happy to have them. We didn't get to have them last year. So we're really excited to have them. Connie, you've been here for quite a few years. I'm not going to say how many years. <laughs> I want you to still like me after this. But what are some of your fondest memories of, you know, either attending the Dawson Creek exhibition or working it? So I would have to say my best memory was my first one. I was six years old and I, my grandmother let me show sweet peas and I won first prize in the junior handicraft. I was so excited I had a ribbon, I slept all night with that ribbon. It was just, it meant so much to me. And then I was, I was, uh, I ran for 4-H Queen here and if you go to our, uh, our heritage building you'll see my dress. I've saved that dress all those years and uh, never realizing it would, it would come in. So I was in 1958, which I'm telling my age, but 1958, and in those days we raised money for the 4-H. So there was four girls that ran because there was those four different clubs, and I was with the Groundbridge Club, and um, I didn't sell enough tickets to get first. I sold enough tickets to get second, so I was first runner-up, and that, that was all. And then that money we gave to that those to the council, and so the council would pay our entry fees and do a lot of things and and buy our jackets and all that sort of thing. So that was, I guess, my second one. And then, uh, you know, we've raised draft horses all our lives, Percherons, and we've been, we show a lot in the U.S. And our, we sell a lot of our horses in the U.S. My son and I still have the horses. And uh, having them and, and winning with them and traveling with them has been just absolutely outstanding. Since my kids were little, I used to strap them on my back and braid the horses and it's been good. It's been really good for me. And I love Dawson Creek. And so, uh, it makes me really feel happy to be able to do something and I'm a volunteer. So, uh, you know, it's been good. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This is going to be a great week. Uh, the weather looks like it's going to work with us this week, which is exciting. And, oh, uh, it is. And, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my grandparents. Because my grandparents were, were the people who built, my grandfather was a carpenter and my grandma, they, they helped to organize a group of people to build the first rodeo shoots, the first racetrack, first food booth, and they had a ball there, and they had and they played ball as well. And by the way, we have a ten thousand dollar ball tournament going on next door to honor this as well. That's so, so cool. yes, and that was my grandparents that helped in that. Well, that is so exciting and cool, and thank you so much yeah. for doing this. Thanks. Thanks for having me. After the first night of racing, we would chat with Tough Drager, who is in his second season on the WPCA Tour. And we would talk to him about the lessons he'd learned over the season. Not only that, but also about the familiar connections that his family has with the Dawson Creek Exhibition. And we're here with Tough Drager. How are you doing today, Tough? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. So it has been a pretty interesting season for you. Uh, a learning season, I guess you could say. Uh, what are some of the biggest lessons you think you're taking away from the season so far? Well, one thing I've learned this year, um, you got to have a deep barn, lots of horses. Um, you know, you, you run through a lot of them throughout the year. Uh, you know, we've, we've, we haven't been able to run about 10 or 12 actually that me and dad started with uh, due to, you know, just injuries and 
pen and stuff and whatever. And, uh, yeah, you know, just deep barn. Always got to have some backup horses or else uh, you're out of luck. So. <laughs> kind of going back to Kelly's theory of uh, just fill the liner. Yeah, exactly right. Got to be able to drive them too, right? So if they don't, you know, if they don't work either, then you're then you're kind of screwed. But um, Dawson Creek, it's the 100th anniversary, and there's a lot of history here, just not only on the Sutherland side but on the Drager side, with you know everything that's gone on here in the past. So what does it mean to be here for this anniversary, knowing that history coming in? Yeah, you know, uh, Grandpa, his first race actually was here. At Dawson Creek Stampede, um, I don't know what year that would have been, like '68 or '67. I don't know, <laughs> long time ago. Um, no, so it's cool to race here, and uh, Grandpa's actually here this weekend with uh, my little cousins. He's doing, uh, they're doing the junior rodeo or whatever. But that, and I, I raced a lot up here when I was younger, and I was racing with the Western Circuit because uh, the WCA and the WPCA always joined together at uh, Grand Prairie and Dawson Creek. So, uh, yeah, I've been around this track quite a few times now, and it's close to home, so I enjoy the show quite a bit. You have a really good sponsor, uh, Pomeroy. They've kind of been with you for a long time. What does it mean to have them? Oh, there yeah, for you? you know, Kim is amazing. Um, I probably wouldn't be driving a wagon if it wasn't for her. She kind of helped me get started, you know, in my first years, even in the WCA, right? So uh no they're they're amazing kim and in the group no can't thank them enough the camaraderie back here is something that helps a lot of guys and i think you're finding that a little bit with chris molly he's your assistant driver when you go out and you're his assistant driver when he goes out uh not only have you learned from your uncle your dad your grandpa but now you're learning from chris what's that kind of like you know chris is just a fabulous guy and honestly a good friend um He's helped me out lots, and I was actually uh, lucky enough he he let me come behind the barns with him when he was in Calgary and whatever. And I seen him take that championship in, in the dash. You know, happy for him and congrats to him and the family. Um, no, uh, Chris is just such a solid guy. Um, he's calm in the wagon box, and he can. It, it helps to get another driver behind you in the seat going into the race because they can see things that you can't, right? And then uh, with another wagon driver's point of view, it uh, really opens your eyes. So, Well, good luck the rest of the show and thank you for doing this. Thanks, Cass. So there's one driver who had probably one of his best seasons on the track, yet I did not get to him until day three of the Dawson Creek exhibition. And considering I talked to him most days, this is a fail on my part. However, we did get to catch up with him after he made a career run on the tour. And we're here with Wade Solomon. How are you doing today, Wade? Pretty good, Cass. So last night you got your first day money on the WPCA tour. Uh, how did it feel, you know, finding that out? <laughs> well, yeah, I knew we had a, I knew we had a big run and, and I was just hoping that, that, that Tyler and Caden were there and uh, it felt pretty good. We've been second place several quite a few times and we were always right there i guess we got a, a day money and lloyd or a couple there on that side but never really won on the tour here yet we've been always right there but never could get over the the hump there so it was nice to get the monkey off the back for sure the right leader you said that was his first time you know going off that barrel and in that spot uh what made you move him there 
Well, uh, Strathmore, I hit a barrel with my normal right leader, and he, he just kind of quit firing. He's, 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 he's okay, but he wasn't firing and charging very hard, and I tried this guy uh, there in the mornings a few times, and he worked pretty good, and he had lots of run. He had big runs, so I, I thought, what the heck, I may as well throw him up there and try. And uh, my left leader, that I, the gray I got from Kirk, is a pretty solid leader, so I knew he'd bring him out and uh, threw him up there, and he, he, really, he really done good. He ran hard, and he turned decent, and yeah, we were pretty happy. What have you changed to help you, you know, get the success that you've had so far this year? You got into the finals in Lloyd. Uh, you were just behind Dustin in winning it. Uh, what has led to this, you know, kind of spurt of success for yourself? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it all starts with your your crew, I guess. You know, I got Bruce Ridsdale helping me. He's he's the best, and uh, I got Kim and the kids helping. It, it's a lot of work, and uh, I guess. Uh, Good help back at the barn and, and good horses and, and taking a chance on some, some newer ones maybe with a little more speed and uh, you know you got the broke horses uh, showing them the ropes and stuff so it's a combination of a lot of things I think. In Bonneville you had a little bit of an entertaining uh, dash there. Yeah. Um, did that help your confidence at all as you've gone into the rest of the season knowing that you know you've had that one interesting heat <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know if it, it helped or hurt or, or whatever but uh it uh, was definitely an interesting race that's for sure uh we kind of jammed me a bit on barrel four and, and broke the neck yoke and we had to hook onto mark's wagon and uh i knew we've always got the horsepower i, I haven't been maybe driving all that great myself in strathmore and high river i had some penalty trouble and dropped quite a ways in the standings but uh it's good to know that you, you got the horsepower, you just gotta tweak a few things and, and you're right there. I've also had a couple of my main horses have been come up with some uh, some injuries or a bit sore, stone bruises and stuff like that. Nothing major, but we can't use them right now and it's 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 good that these young ones are stepping up and you know you got the good ones that are gonna be back fairly soon. So in the meantime, we, we take a, a few licks uh, waiting for these other ones to get better, but these new ones, it's given them a chance to step up and they're 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 doing very good so it's been good you're one of the few drivers that have come over from the ponies and you're only a couple years out from being on that association what do you think the biggest lessons you've learned over there that you brought over here are oh i don't know everyone says you know how it's so much different than that and it's like i told uh, billy and them a while back when they asked me the same question it's it's kind of weird everyone asked me what's the difference what's the difference and you know it's 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 there isn't really I tell people it's it's still wagon racing. It's all the same, but yet it's totally different. It's weird. It's it's kind of hard to explain. Uh, but it's I don't know. I, I treat these horses very similar to I, the way I treat my pony wagon horses, and I think Chris Molly and and the rest of the guys do the, the same as well, right? Like there's a lot of guys that actually run ponies that maybe people don't realize. I mean, Aubrey Dorchester, all them guys ran them back, you know, at one time or whatever, and uh, it definitely. Uh, Running them, it, it gives you a, a good appreciation for uh, wagon racing because they're 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 a lot smaller, but yet they're they're quicker and cattier, and you got to be more in the ball, I would say, even than driving these ones. So it it definitely uh, helps for the driving. And uh, as far as the change goes, <laughs> I don't really know to be totally honest with you. I don't know if there is much of a change. I know that these horses here and this this operation here is a lot more work, I can tell you that for sure. So uh, it's a lot more work and, and the thing I like about the WPCA and the big wagons more than anything is that uh, 
every show that that we go to is a big big show every single show we go to is a big show so that's that's where we always wanted to be is to run at all the big shows and, and here we are so that that's one of the main reasons i wanted to jump across what some people might not know is that your dad is still running pony wagons and this is one of the shows that you evan and him all get to be together so how's that kind of feel knowing that you know you guys can have that family unit here oh it's that's it's good because i mean dad obviously taught everything evan and i know so we we learned from him so to have him still running and competing he just got done in vegerville winning the show there and and uh, he's still running competitive at 63 or i think that's how old he is or whatever but he probably don't want me to say that on <laughs> on tv but uh it's we enjoy it lots every chance we get to be with him or run with him uh, is really good we get the family back together which is family is the most important thing anyways so uh, yeah we get to run grand prairie pinoca in here and he actually isn't here this year he normally is but uh last year he was here but this year he had to run home but uh, as he's in pinoca and grand prairie it's always it's always good to get everyone back together well good luck the rest of the weekend and uh have fun thanks cass now you've heard the conversation about just how tight-knit the wagon community is and if you've been to a race you've heard less talk about how the drivers and outriders are not just that but they're also brothers fathers husbands friends they have an important place so when someone in the community needs support it's a no-brainer for people to step up and help well during the Calgary Stampede, WPCA driver Cody Risdale was involved in, I mean, there's no other way to say it, but a freak accident that left him unable to drive the rest of the season. Now his friend, WPCA driver Chance Vegan, stepped in to help, and that's what this conversation is about. And we're here with Chance Vegan. How are you doing today, Chance? I'm good, and you? I'm doing pretty good. Let's, I guess, first talk about what is going on here before we get into the races. Uh, you have been able to help and support a good friend of yours who we all know, who unfortunately in Calgary uh, had an incident happen yeah. where he couldn't run the rest of the show and can't run the rest of the season. Uh, do you mind talking about that a little bit before? Yeah, it's just an unfortunate chain of events that happened where he ended up getting hit by a vehicle and he's on the shelf for the re remainder of the year and might not be able to work anytime soon so what we're trying to do here is just raise some money for him uh lana put together quite a few silent auction items and the chuck wagon community's uh getting behind it and we'll put some money in his jeans and in the meantime i'm going to substitute drive for him and hopefully give him some success on the racetrack uh, you have been able to give him a little bit of success this show specifically. Right now, he's uh, Cody Rizdell is sitting first in the aggregate standings. What has been, I guess, kind of the plan to success for his outfit first, and then we'll talk a little bit about yours. I think he come here with some fresh horses that were actually starting to click at the time of his injury, and uh, we've put together some outfits that are working. A uh, little bit of luck, and it's been going well, and. We got another night to go here, so we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed. Yes. Uh, your outfits are doing pretty well as well. They uh, definitely know how to get on the track and uh, mm -hmm. get out in front. The barrels aren't always your friend, but mm -hmm. you're getting better at that. What has kind of been the evolution of the season to get to this point? Uh, I think it's been the same approach from the get-go. We're going for the front end. We've been able to keep the horses happy and healthy, and we've been turning good all year. Uh, we are going a little wide open, and sometimes that comes back to bite me. 
we do still have a very young herd and they are still getting it. Um, but I think good things are ahead for us. What is the oldest horse in your barn right now? The oldest know? horse I have is 12. So. Yes. Typically my herd is right now is sits between 6 and 10. So we're in a good position to hopefully have uh, some sustained success over the next four years if I choose to be around that long. Hey, fingers crossed we'd like you around that long. Sure. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for doing this. Wrapping up Dawson Creek, we caught up with a local outrider who represents a part of the community every day on the trail. So Tyler DeSutter and I would be trying to beat the rain before we caught up about his season. We're here with Tyler DeSutter. How are you doing today, Tyler? Good, you? Pretty good. Uh, we are, I guess, out of the yeah. heat wave we had. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it's nice, a little cooler weather, cools the guy down a little bit. It'll be good for tonight. So you are, I guess, in one of your two hometown shows, you could say, as yep. Dawson Creek is really close to Grand Prairie. You betcha. What is it like to, you know, ride so close to home? Oh, it's nice. Like, we got a lot of friends and family come out, and uh, it's nice to see some familiar faces. Like, it's a long summer. We're on the road for... Uh, about two and a half months so to come home and uh, see some friends and family and uh, you know just kind of unwind like it's just a breath of fresh air too it's nice to come home and and it's kind of just unwind a little bit too before we finish out the last half of the season the last part of the season anyway you have evolved as an outrider from last year and you've uh, taken yeah. I want to say leaps and bounds, but <laughs> you have uh, gotten quite better out yeah. and learned from last year. What were the biggest, I guess, learning lessons and things you did to help yourself? Uh, I think, well, this, this winter we were working a lot, so I watched a lot of tape on myself and, uh, you know, just tried to branch out and just be a sponge, like ride a bunch of horses, get on, like especially in the spring, whatever a guy could get on, I wanted to ride. and. Uh, you know, just kept my head down and tried to work hard. Like, I, I mean, whatever happens, happens. And uh, if I'm going to have a mistake, I'd rather do it at 100 miles an hour than I would going slow. So yeah, just trying to do my job the best I can and ride the best I can. And uh, yeah, just trying to be a sponge and take in all the advice I can from everybody. I know that you spent uh, about a month down south with Chad Fike, and then you've yeah. also learned from Chance Vegan. Having two world outriding champions teach you, do you think that's helped you? Oh, 100%. Like, it, uh, everybody rides, has a different little bit of a different riding style. So, you know, Vigs, I, uh, when I, when Rick retired there, I worked with him for three years, and Mad Dog as well, he was around, and uh, even the Model Willow Boys, you know, like, they were, grew up, we were best friends growing up, so try to learn from them, and especially Chad, like, it was a tremendous experience going out there, and Caitlin and them allowing me to come for the two, three weeks, and yeah, it's been tremendous, you know, it, uh, it's really made a big difference, for sure. You had a really good NACC. Yeah. You rode in pretty much every heat and yeah. didn't really get a break off. Do you think that those nine days uh, built your confidence? Oh yeah, like it, it was weird not being at the Calgary Stampede. Like usually I'm there as a barn hand, but you know I knew it was the right thing to do to go to Lloyd, and uh, it was a big, big learning curve for me. You know I held a lot of leaders and kind of showed what I can do to a lot of guys, and uh, yeah, it's really paid off for the second half of the season. I feel a lot more confident in my rides, and uh, you know, I just feel more comfortable. Everything's a lot slowed right down, so it, uh, it definitely was a great decision. 
for me anyway. We're in front of Wade Solomon's wagon and Wade has been a big supporter of you. Knowing yes. you have these guys that put their trust in you, oh, yeah, what's your thought process on the track? It's it's awesome. Like, you know, Wade, uh, I got kind of in a bit of an incident in High River last year. Everybody knows that. So he was the first guy to kind of give me a shot and get me back. And, you know, he's been riding me ever since. He's my first call. And, uh, yeah, we're throwing some big runs. We had a little bit of a mishap the other night there. But it happens. And, uh, yeah, he's been tremendous. I can't thank him enough. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll be on the winner's circle here one of these days. The horses are running great right now. You have some really good sponsors as an outrider and what some people don't know is outriders do have sponsors themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Longhorn is behind you 100%. Oh yeah, Dan, Danny, Danny McLeod there at Longhorn, he's tremendous. Uh, he does a lot of work with my dad's company, Triple J, in the wintertime and yeah, they're tremendous. They love, he's an old bull rider so he kind of knows the gist of going down the road and the expenses so he's been with me every step of the way and uh, really, it's really comforting to know that you got us financial backing and you just focus on riding, you don't got to worry about the other things to come with it. Having your mom and your dad on the road, uh, yeah. who's your biggest critic, do you think? <laughs> well, I think a lot of people don't know my dad. It could be my dad, but, you know, he's, it's good. Like, it kind of keeps the guy's head down, keeps me working. So, yeah, he's good. He loves the wagon. So, and my, my mom, it's nice to have her around. It kind of helps me out doing laundry once in a while, too. So, yeah, no, it's awesome to have them. They love the wagons. They've been around. Like, they kind of they got me into the sport with sponsoring and this and that. And, uh, Hopefully one day when I'm driving, they'll still be around. I'm sure they will be, but they'll be around when I'm around, yeah. So is that your ultimate goal, to get in the wagon box? You betcha, yeah. Like, I want to I accomplish some things out riding first, uh, like winning the world and going to Calgary and winning that. But ultimately, I want to hop up in the wagon box. I just want to accomplish some things in the out riding pen before I hop up there. Do you have a favorite horse to ride? Yeah, it's actually Wade's here. His name's HP. He's, uh, I think Dayton Sutherland broke him when he first started out, and then uh, Wade bought him a couple years back, and he's solid every night. He's nice height, uh, does the same thing every time. He's awesome. He's got a lot of wheels. So, yeah, he's, uh, he's getting a little bit of the older side now, but he's definitely, every time when I get told I get to ride him, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice. Well, good luck the rest of the season. Thank, Thank you for doing Thank you very doing much. This. I appreciate it. Thank you. The second last stop on the 2022 WPCA Tour was Rocky Mountain House for the Battle of the Rockies. A favorite part of the show is the Outrider Car Wash. So after making my donation to the Outriders Benevolent Fund and getting the guys to wash my vehicle, I caught up with Branson Harden. And fun fact about Branson, off camera, he can talk like no other. Usually he can hold the conversation by himself. However, put a camera in front of him and the other person all of a sudden gets to talk maybe even a little more than Branson. We're here with Branson Harden. How are you doing today, Branson? Good, how are you? Good. Uh, we are at the ATB Outrider Car Wash, which is an annual event, but this is the first real one that you've been at, because last year was your rookie season. What's special about doing these kinds of events? Um, well, it's good. I think that half the donations go to that uh, fund for us there, so that's pretty good and then it's good for like the community and stuff to be doing stuff and promoting and stuff like that so it's pretty good people don't usually get to see you guys you're usually usually down in the <laughs> you're usually down in the outrider pen so you're kind of hidden from fans so they get to know you and get to see your personality what what is that like 
Uh, it's good. I mean, and they get to know the guys, I guess they see and watch. And yeah, so it's pretty good, I guess. How do you think your season's gone so far? Uh, I enjoyed it. Good, I think. Good so far, yeah. Are there any specific horses that you really enjoy riding? Um, there's, uh, I like lots of them. I can't really name one. I like a few, so there's a few. Yeah. Last week you were interviewed in Dawson Creek and uh, you gave a shout out to your cows, which you kind of became a meme for. Uh, have you seen that? No, that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it. Good luck the rest of the season and thanks for doing this. Thank you very much. After Rocky Mountain House, there was only one stop in five days left in the season before the world champion would be decided and the season would be wrapped. But before the action started, we got a behind the scenes look at the racetrack. And we're here with Jackie Morrison. How are you doing today, Jackie? I'm great, how are you? I'm good. In 2019, when we left, I bet you never thought it'd be three years before you saw us come back. No, it's been a long three years and so excited that's finally here again. 2019, it was an awesome event, really exciting for the wagons, but I know when I met you and uh, you said after the event, you kind of sat down and you went, okay, this is what kind of needs to change and this is what needs to be added. And I guess you had three years to implement <laughs> <laughs> yes. the best laid plans. What are kind of some of the biggest changes that you know people can be excited for and see? Well, I, the upgrading of seating. Uh, we have the infield patio, which we're standing on right now, uh, 18 plus beer garden. We also have the uh, daily covered seating and sponsorship seating on the apron with views of the whole track as well. And just having extra you know, better seating for everybody to enjoy the event. It's a really exciting event and there's been more money added this year mm -hmm. and what went into, you know, getting that money into the pot for the drivers and even just building the event to what it is now? At Century Downs we definitely aim to have better events and better experiences and the World Finals is the pinnacle of chuck wagon racing so why not you know, give the drivers and support them a little bit more, have the ticket sales with their guests coming out, uh, go towards that as well as, you know, the casino play as well, obviously helps. <laughs> casino play does help a little yes, bit. Yes, it I'm always sure. helps. It helps with the purse money and among other things, yes. This year, I know that all the drivers are excited to be back. What was the feeling amongst the staff to come back and know that this event was, you know, you've been working towards it and now it's finally here? Uh, excitement, nervousness. Uh, there was, there's been some people that weren't here uh, in 2019 to work for, through it and understand what the process is and all the planning and organization. But the people that were here before were so excited. Um, we've followed the circuit the last well, two years, I guess, been to many events so they can understand it a little bit more and really know what happens with it. Because I believe in 2019, a lot of people really didn't know the full scope of it. So I think now, and you know, seeing all this action going on in the in the infield and in the apron and getting everything set up, they're all really, really excited. You guys have a really good relationship with your driver, Dustin Gorst, who yes. Dusty is a big part of this happening. Mm -hmm. He, uh, him, and Paul kind of, I guess, spearheaded the conversation with it, and then it came to fruition. What was it like every time you went to an event this year and he rang your tarp, hearing them say the World Finals at Century Downs? Just more excitement, right? Like we've been looking forward to this for three years now. So you know, knowing that it was coming and you know being more involved and getting to know Dusty and his family again 
or more, I guess you could say, because um, we know we worked with Logan before as well and, and Gary and just getting to know everybody and becoming a family. Like we are a Century Downs family, they're part of it now. What are you most excited for? To hear that horn on day one. <laughs> as soon as it goes. As soon as it goes, my job is not, well, it's done, but it's not done. You'll breathe a little bit easier. Yes. As soon as they get going, we're good. Well, thank you so much for doing this. So for those who listened to the last episode, you heard my woeful tale about how Dayton and I did an interview in Calgary, only for the file to be corrupted, the audio to all be gone. And then Stampede got extremely busy for Dayton and I went to plan B. So it may have taken until the last show of the season, but we finally made up for that lost interview. And we're here with Dayton Sutherland and this is take two. <laughs> we're really good at, you know, making mistakes. <laughs> Name of the game. That's uh, why it's not live, I guess. That is probably a good thing. So this is day three of the world finals and it's been an interesting year. Um, I guess let's kind of talk about the year so far and then we'll get into your runs. But what do you think is making those top four guys right now so strong? Um, well, really, uh, Lane's in front and it's more or less just because of consistency. Um, he's been, the, he's always been at the top end and, he, and he's rarely, rarely ever messes up, rarely takes a penalty. Like, I'm not sure if he's even had one all year, or at least if he has, I've missed it. Um, so that's a huge factor and that's kind of the name of the game. So that's why he's at the top. And then uh, the other guys, um, Ben's Miller, Crotto, and Molly, I think it is. Um, Molly's Aubrey. a little bit... Aubrey, okay, Aubrey. Um, Molly's a bit surprising to me. Uh, I thought that he would probably have the horsepower um, to pull it off, but it's not really a, a one-year thing. I don't think winning the world, at, um, at least talking to my grandpa and, and uh, over the years, it's, it's, again, a consistency thing. If you don't win it this year, you can win it next year as long as you're consistent. So um, maybe Molly had some bad luck, I'm not sure. Um, Ben's Miller, more or less the same. Uh, he's talked a little bit about it in the media. So just guys not having the years they wanted and, uh, and Lane's just too hot to catch right now. It really does come down to penalties and it, comes down to working as a team and outrider penalties seem to be something that are really costing guys this year. Uh, if you get an outrider penalty as a driver, what kind of goes through your mindset? You're immediately blaming the outrider. Rarely are you blaming the horse. It's, uh, I've outrode a long time and I kind of believe it too. Like um, if I take a penalty, it's it's rarely, rarely the, the horse's fault. If it is the horse's fault, um, it's it's also some of my responsibility. Um, and the outriding penalties uh, this year, I mean, they got a really new bunch. It's a lot of young kids. Um, when I started outriding, there was 23 outriders and uh, you know, there's a lot of old guys that have been around for a really long time. They're really experienced and they were pretty crafty and pretty good. So um, a lot of those guys have left and it left a big hole. And uh, there's a lot of new guys stepping up to fill that hole and, and there's a learning curve. And, and um, it's, just, uh, it's just growing pains, I guess. Let's talk about your year so far. Uh, you have a 
younger barn, which we've talked about, mm -hmm. and I gave Forrest credit that he was going to be good during this interview, and he's proving me wrong, as per usual. They're so bored in these stalls. <laughs> uh, they don't get too much out outside time uh, here at Century Downs because there's no uh, turnout pens. Um, very similar to Calgary, just when you're downtown in the city, it's just kind of the name of the game. So um, these guys are, are definitely more used to being outside and, and getting some downtime and playing and whatever. Um, but a uh, couple more days and they'll be done for the year. What's the biggest lesson you've learned this season for yourself? Uh, I don't know. Is that a bad thing? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, tried a lot of stuff this year. It's been uh, bad luck uh, this year, just like anybody else. Um, we're missing a lot of the horses, um, stone bruises, shipping fever. Um, coming out of COVID, didn't really have a ton of horses. Um, I sold a bunch of them and now we're trying to build the barns back up. So um, it's just been been uh, lackluster. And, and uh, because of that, I also haven't been um, where I need to be. I've kind of lost focus quite a bit, but um, Tonight should be a good night. We got Forrest, he's uh, the favorite. Um, probably the best in the barn, he's a left leader. Um, and he's going with the good outfit tonight, minus one. Uh, Sugar's at home right now with a stone bruise. He's usually the good right leader. Um, so he's done for the year, but uh, I got a replacement for him and, and uh, fingers crossed it goes well. And, and uh, we should be hopefully top five, top 10. And uh, you're also out riding a bunch. How many heats do you have to out ride this year? Uh, this just week? just two uh, this week. I got uh, Ray, Crotto, and uh, Kirk, my uncle Kirk. Um, and uh, yeah, I've rode a little bit more than I'd like to this year, but uh, pays the bills. Well, good luck tonight and uh, have fun. Before we headed into the last two nights of the season and the World Finals, we sat down and talked with the Outrider who ultimately would be named the most improved Outrider at the 2022 Awards Banquet. And we're here with Nolan Cameron. How are you doing today, Nolan? Good, thanks, Cass. How are you? Good. And we're also with Packy. Yes. Hi, bud. So let's talk a little bit about your career to date last year was your rookie year and you won the rookie outrider of the year award did, yeah. and this is your second year and it's the first full season that you've been on the tour what has the past two years been like it's been really exciting i um i was i was lucky enough to get a start last year i wasn't sure how it was going to go because there's a lot of outriders there's six or seven of us rookies i think actually and it's kind of tough to get rides as a somebody starting out so I, uh, I got started with Dustin. He gave me my first ride in Dewberry and I kind of just worked my way from there and Chance Benzmiller gave me a shot too and I ended up catching five or six rides by the end of the season. It turned out to work out pretty good. And there's a specific reason we're standing in front of Packy. Yes. Uh, what is so special about this horse and he knows where the mints are? He <laughs> is actually the horse I broke for Dustin last year in Dewberry right before I started. and. Uh, I've been pretty well the only guy to ride him for Dustin all the way through the last two years and he's pretty well picture perfect for a stove horse and he's really helped me. Pretty much the main ticket to my rookie title is this horse right here. That's awesome and he seems to like mints. So. He loves treats and he loves affection this guy. What has been, besides the Rookie Outrider of the Year award, what has been probably your biggest memory or accomplishment? Um, it was really exciting to get to go to Calgary Stampede this year. It's always been kind of a dream of mine. I've been working there since 2017 with, uh, started out with the draft horses and then with the chuck wagons every year after that. And um, it's always it's always been a dream of mine to, to end up in front of the grandstand, in front of all those people, and the big show in town. So it was really cool to get to do that. And then I also, 
right before Calgary. Got lucky enough to win Pinocchio Stampede with Ross Knight, so that was also a pretty big ticket for the year. So you've been able to do two pretty big and exciting shows. Yes, yeah, it's been pretty exciting. What's the biggest lesson you've learned? Um, this year my biggest lesson so far is um, probably not to get in my head anymore. It's Last year it was more figuring out the riding and the horses and everything, and then now that I got more rides this year, it's um, it's bound to happen. You take penalties and you just got to learn to not, not get in your head about it and just bear down and get the job done. What are you hoping for the last two nights? I'm hoping for just clean, safe runs for the rest of the show and hopefully to just come back next year just as tight as we did this year. Well, good luck tonight and tomorrow night and thanks for doing this. Thank you. Lane McGillivray would win his first world title with Brendan Nolan and his son Trey McGillivray riding behind him. However, to wrap up the 2022 wagon season and ascent this episode, we will say good golly Chris Molly as Chris would win the Century Downs aggregate and show. And we're here with Chris Molly. How are you doing today? Good. Yourself? Pretty good. This has been a good real first uh, full season for you on the WPCR tour and it's just been a good season for you in general. What has the total consensus of the season been for you leading up to you know century downs yeah we've had a phenomenal season we're sure happy with the horses and can't uh, thank the team enough and without the team and the family we we wouldn't be where we are so it's a huge shout out to them and and it's pretty fortunate to be able to do something like this with your family so uh yeah i can't can't believe we had the year we did so i'm looking forward to next year you won a couple of different awards. Uh, what some people might not know is a medicine hat when you won on Father's Day. You were sicker than a dog. Yes. So what has it meant to have each of these new milestones? You've had Father's Day winning a medicine hat, then you won your first Calgary Stampede with Caden behind you, and now you've won the aggregate here at Century Downs. Yeah, it's been... Yeah, I'll probably get choked up if I start talking about it, but yeah, it's been... It's an uh, unreal feeling to have your son riding with you and be able to do the things we've done and lucky enough to win the Stampede and then win our first show win over here in the Dash and Medicine Out on Father's Day. So it's all been pretty special. So You had a, uh, hi buddy, you had a pretty uh, important friend there at Calgary, uh, Eric, who was an outrider with you for a long time and he was super excited for you to win. He might not have been behind you, but he was there and he was training you on the whole way. Having that support what does it mean when you come back to the barns? Oh, it's huge for them to even to come down, him and the family, and they came, they traveled us with us for about 10 years prior and, and watched those kids grow up. Kesley, she was even born in Calgary, and so it's, uh, it sure meant a lot that they came down to spend that time with us and be there and uh, able to see us win. Blake was a part of why you came over to the WPCA, and right now she's heading to the short go at the ABRA finals. Um, Having the fact that, you know, it is the Circle M team. It's not just you, it's not just Caden, but it's all of you. It's Blake and Wendy. What's that mentality? Absolutely. When we decided to come over here and uh, I got to thank Repsol. They were very supportive of me coming over here as well. And it was a family decision and Blake could do a lot of rodeo in over here. And then Caden would ride for me and then Wendy would be... She's pulled in every direction, helping me and Caden and Blake running her all over the road. So, but it really helps now that Blake's got her license. She's been going to a few on her own, and so it uh, yeah, it's worked out good, and you know, works for our lifestyle. 
Once, uh, you know, the final whole horn blows tonight and you guys pack up and head home, what's the plan for the fall? Uh, we're going to go buy a few horses this fall and, uh, and fix up the yard and clean it up because we neglected it all year. And then, uh, yeah, back to work. Yeah, work for the winter and get all ready for next year. Well, I have a feeling it's going to be more bays. That's my guess. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck tonight on the run. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a tough one, but I know uh, it's going to be a good one to watch. Yeah, it should be exciting. So hopefully, hopefully everything goes well. So there we go. That is the entire season and the conversations that were had on the wagon trail in a neat little package or as neat as I can make it. Thank you, Lamley's Western Wear, for being the official Western Wear provider of After the Ninth. The holidays are right around the corner, so why not head into Lamley's to do some Christmas shopping and help those on your list live their own West. Until next time, and the next episode is a pretty exciting one, I'm Cass Patterson. He's got that wagon in full flight. Here's the wire! But that's a damn the